moved into a new neighborhood. This is my first year, new year, at my new neighborhood, okay? They pop firecrackers to 3 o'clock in the morning in my new neighborhood. I, I, I can't even see half of you. I'm so sorry. My eyes are so tired. Just did not get any sleep. But, boy, I'll tell you what. I sure enjoyed yesterday, though. When the football playoffs did not disappoint, did they? My goodness. Close games. Down to the last second. <clears throat> I know. Mm, it's fun. Anyway, what I want to talk to you about today, I'm not going to try not to keep you too long. Um, several years ago, I was with um, I was with Dr. Carmen in uh, in a he had a hard conversation with. I mean, he to have a hard conversation with a friend or a mentor or something. It's it's I'm fully open to whatever they've got to say. Not gonna hurt my feelings, not gonna you know, any of that stuff. So so I'm there and we're talking and uh he told me he said he said, Paul, he said, you've got some some people in your life you need to get out of your life. I said, like who? And he mentioned me I said I mentioned him and I said why? He said, they're mediocre. And I said, I, I don't understand what you're trying to say. He said, he said, you don't need to hang out with people that are not going to make you better unless you're trying to make them better. He said, so, so what you're saying is the people that you're trying to make better is a project. You don't need projects all in your life. You need to lower your number of projects and increase your number of people that make you better. And I just, I really had a hard time with that. That sounds, sounds snobbish, doesn't it? Sounds like you're a snob, like you're not going to, you know, you're not good enough for me. Or, or but that's not the way that I took it. And that's not the way that he meant it. And that's not the way that I mean it now. What I'm saying is if... You find people you value in your life. Things that, things that you wish you had in your life. You need to find somebody that has perfected that. And you need to be in their life. See, because if you, don't have, if you have more people that you're trying to bring up than you have that people are trying to bring you up, your life's going to project, projectively go down. I, I'm losing you guys. Y'all are looking at me like I've got the third eye right here. And I'm just telling you about a conversation that I had with, with my pastor. And I had a hard, I mean, it took me over, well over a year where I came to grips with what he was talking about. He said, your, he said, your assignment is more important than anything that you have. Your calling, what, what God's called you to is the most important thing in your life. And anything that gets between you and that is sin. And I said, well, I'm just supposed to forget about all the lost people? He said, no, that's what your job is. That's what your call is. You're going to reach the lost. That's just in you. What I'm saying is 
in your life, you need more people to encourage than you have to encourage. And I got it. It took me a long time, but I got it. And, and so I, I, what I did was uh, well, when he died, um, we had a, uh, had a, they had a, a funeral and they had a private for dinner for close friends and, and family. And so I spoke at that. And um, the last thing I said was this. I said, and if you are in this room right now, you're an overachiever, you're not mediocre, you are, you're, you are superior to your counterparts because he didn't hang around with mediocrity. And I mean, everybody in there said, amen, yeah, that's right. I mean, because that's the way the man was. But you know what? Jesus was the same way. He chose 12 guys he was going to spend his, the rest of his life with and his death with. Twelve. And three of those, you know, I mean, made serious mistakes. Thomas doubted that. We know, we, we, we know. I don't have to tell you. But he chose people. He chose people to be around him in his inner circle, in his most personable life. Not his public life, but what he really was. I mean, when he was by himself, he was the same as when he was in front of all these people. But he chose 12 men to be his counterparts, to be his disciples. He wanted to make them better. But why did he choose these people? He chose the people that he valued. He saw things in them that he valued. Not that he loved them more than anybody else. He didn't love me or he didn't love you any more than he loves anybody. Just because you're saved, it doesn't mean God loves you more than he does the, the, the Muslim or whatever. Doesn't mean that. He loves us all the same, but Jesus actually chose people to be close to him he, according to the way that they lived their, not necessarily lived their life when he met them, but the things that he saw in them, the things that he valued in them, he, ch he chose to bring them close to it. Boy, gosh, I'm, this is good stuff if I can figure out how to get it out to you. I, I'm, just, I'm just kind of beating my head against the wall right now. Put it to you like this, in, in, Mark, in Mark, the 10th chapter, in 17th through the 27th verse, it tells us a story about a guy who valued Jesus greatly. So, so greatly, he said, can I be your disciple? Jesus said, well, have you done this, 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 and this? Well, it's a story. I, you don't, I'm not going to go through all this, but this is the rich young ruler, Right? So what he did was he, Jesus looked at him and he saw something in him that, that, that wasn't quite right, right? And he said, all right, this is what you have to do. Since you've done everything according to the law to make you a disciple, I'm going to ask for one more thing of you. I want you to get rid of all, I want you to sell, every, give everything you've got away to the poor and to the needy. 
and then you can be my disciple. He, see, he, Jesus didn't choose this guy because he saw something in him that it wasn't, still loved him, but he didn't want to hang out with him all the time. Why? Because he had something in him that Jesus didn't like to be around him. Am I starting to make sense? Am I starting to... So he said, give everything you have away to the poor and then you can be my disciple. And the guy turned around and he walked away. Why? Why? Because he valued money over principle. See, that's what Jesus was looking for. What he valued was not monetary. What he valued was not... It was... Why would he pick this, this rich young ruler? Education, influence, prominent family. He had everything to reach some of the people that Jesus wanted to reach, but yet he didn't meet the criteria. Why? Because it was about him in some way. Jesus never, it was never about Jesus with Jesus. It was always about somebody else with Jesus. And if we could just get that principle, we'd be a lot better off. But I do want to warn you about something before I go any further today. Uh, it, it's just really, it's really been only hard. I'm, have you seen the new commercials? He gets us. Do you know what I'm talking about? Jesus, he gets us. Jesus, he was a refugee. Jesus, he was cast down. Jesus, he was... A, it's a progressive agenda for what the world calls progressive Christianity, which is full of compromise, and, and it's just not gospel. But that's what Hollywood is trying to tell people now that Christianity is. I'm telling you, you speak out against it. It's dangerous. It affects generations. Don't don't fall up. Don't fall for it because you know what? It's got a shiny appeal. It really does. And you, but anyway, hmm. okay. How you feel? <laughs> he chose. He chose the fighter, the fisherman, the uneducated Peter, who stuck. His foot stayed in his mouth the entire ministry, it seemed like. You know, but he chose Peter over the guy with all of the qualifications. Why? Because he saw somebody that would follow him and it would eventually lead. He didn't look at his education. He didn't look at anything else. He looked at what he loved. He looked at how he lived. He looked at... What his, he looked and saw his potential. He didn't see his education. He didn't see his degrees. He didn't see his, you know, he didn't see what family he was from. He wouldn't see, you know, all of those things that we take and, 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 and it makes us more prominent. He didn't look for any of that. He looked for people that could reach people. That's who he surrounded himself with. The 12 disciples. He discipled them into Reaching people. Well. Wow. 
we talk about the church and everything. I, I just, I just have a different outlook of the church, and I think that a lot of people do. You know, I, I look back at Peter and his life and in Acts. You you read that. Man, the anointing was on him so strong that he walked down the street. His shadow, they'd lay, they'd lay sick people where his shadow would come upon them and they would be healed. What qualifications did he have? He was still that fisherman that was quick to fight and, and everything, but he, was, but he was willing to do anything he had to do to reach people. That's what Jesus was looking for. Not somebody that was squeaky clean. He was looking for somebody that valued him. The thing that he placed value on was the thing that valued him. Oh, wow. <laughs> go, to, go to Mark 5. This is a how Jesus knew the people that were going to be effective and who weren't. I mean, that's just crazy to me. He crossed a sea. This is a, uh, this is where he ran into the man. He he, he crossed a sea. To meet with one man who was crazy. I mean crazy. This is a man that, 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 that had chains. that he, he To break chains. Had superhuman strength. He was crazy. He was running through the tombs. He was, he was, he was just crazy. Right? And everybody knew about it. They were scared of him. Jesus crossed the sea. Pulled up, went to where the crazy man was. And what did he say? The, the, he didn't say anything first. The crazy man ran to him and said, Jesus, son of God. Why are you here? Go down to around 50, verse 15. I think it is. He said, he asked him, he said, who are you? He said, we are legion for, for we are many. Can we go into the, the, the pigs, into the swine? He said, yeah, go. And so they went. There was about 200 pigs, what, or 2,000, I can't remember. How many? Back up. Okay. Anyway, so what happened was in the 17th verse, I believe it was, 17, can I have it? What happened? Then they pled for him to part from their region. Talking about the people, when they saw that this guy, this crazy guy, was now normal. Why did they say 
pled with him to leave their region. Because Jews were not have, supposed to have anything to do with swine. They were an unclean animal. But what happened was the, the Jewish leaders, uh, the, the, the Jewish businessmen in town, they hired these people to take care of their, their pigs. Because by the law, that would make them, they could deal with it. If they hired somebody, if they, as long as they didn't touch them. Well, see, well, the Jewish leaders got mad and they begged them to leave the region because they were scared. They were, they were scared because of a financial decline. That's the reason they were scared. But Jesus saw something in the man, the crazy man. So he went there, crossed the sea to meet with one person, that crazy guy. And then, uh, then they began to pl they pled with him to depart from their region. You go to the next one. And when he got into the boat, demon possessed men begged him that he might go with him. However, Jesus did not permit him. He said, "Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you, and how He has had compassion on you." And he departed, here we go, and he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis that Jesus had done for him in marvel. This guy right here, Decapolis means ten cities. That's what that interpreted. This guy, Jesus went, saw this, met this guy, cast the devil out of him, and this guy went and evangelized ten cities. He placed great value on that, on that man. He didn't love him anymore, but he placed great value on him. Why do people? Why, why did Jesus place great value on those people? Because they were loyal? No. Peter denied him. Thomas doubted him. Come on. Judas betrayed him. That's not the reason. Why did he place great value? Why did he place great value? Why? On the ability to reach people. Period. The ability to reach people. I have a guy that did a supporter um, uh, of my overseas ministry, and he said, I asked him one time, I said, why do, you, why, why do you give? I just wanted to know. I said, why do you give into this? He said, oh, he said, I go to church. He said, but I believe in your ability to reach people more so than I, I do in, in the church that I go to. I said, huh, I never, never thought of it that way. He said, well, I, he said, I've seen what you do. He said, do you reach people? I know you. I know you're going to do what's right. So I would rather, I'm not going to give to, you know, some ministry that I don't know anything about. But, he, but when he said your ability to reach people, Everybody's got the ability to reach people. It's just don't that many don't 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 try. It's our job. It's our call. That's what we're supposed to do. It's not something that is optional for Christianity. It's got to be actual involvement, trying to reach people to get them into the kingdom of heaven. If you if you if you appreciate and you know the 
the kingdom of heaven and how great things are in, in, in the kingdom of heaven. And you don't try to reach people and let them know there's something wrong. There's not great value placed on the Jesus was looking for disciples and that's what you should be looking for. People are going to pull you up and then have a lot less people you're trying to pull up. More pulling you up than you are pulling up. But that don't mean well, 12 people to one. You know, are you, you know I'm not I'm just I'm I'm saying that we have to have a balance. We have to have people that we're trying to reach and people that are trying to reach us. They're trying to pull us forward. Get us, make us, take us to the next level. Make us better. The whole time, we're trying to make a couple of people better. I want, I mean, there, there's, I, I don't want this to come across as some type of snobby way of being a Christian. It's not. It's not. It's making you better, therefore you're going to be better. You're going to be more effective. My job as a pastor is to make you live a successful life in the eyes of God. Period. <laughs> Man, yeah. <laughs> When I got saved, man, I was called a full-time ministry. So that's what I did immediately. God didn't call me to a paycheck. He called me a ministry. So that's what I did. How did I start? If there was something that needed to be done, I did it. And that turned into something else, and that turned into something else. And it just came, began to get bigger, began to get bigger. And eventually people started paying me to do stuff that needed to be done. That's just the way it happened. I mean, I wasn't out for a paycheck, but that's what happened. And But I had too many friends that I were trying to pull up than I had that were trying to pull me up. And... And it delayed me a little bit. Why? Because I was not, I didn't have that pastor in my life to say, this is what you need to do. But when I got him into my life, I had somebody else pulling me up and guiding me and directing me in the way and the things I should do. And uh, it, it, it it's a game changer. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to tell you. I want you to have everything at your disposal to attack this life and fight that fight and do what needs to be done. But I want you to have the right stuff and I want you to have the right people on your team. You need to have the people on your team that are going to do whatever it takes to make you better. 
and you have to be on somebody else's team that you're going to make them better. It's just the way that things are. If Jesus had to have 12, you know, hey. How many do we need? You know, I mean, I've got to have more people in my life like like Chris, like Casey, like Josh, like Stephen, like Kenny. I mean, people that make me better every time I'm around them. It doesn't have to be an in-depth conversation. Just being around people that are good people, that, that, that love Jesus, that, that, that want to make you better. Just being around them makes you stronger. Why do you think that Jesus came into the world? Why? So that he could get into every one of you instead of being all by himself. He wanted to make you better. He wanted to make you stronger. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to make you better. I'm going to make you stronger. I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to, because I'm, I, I want you to have the Holy I want something in your life that's going to make you better, and that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is always going to make you better, right? It'll never make you worse. Never, ever, 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 ever. It'll convict you from things that are going to harm you in your life. And it's going to empower you to do things that you couldn't do on your own. That's what I'm talking about. That's a relationship between you and people around you should be the same as you with the Holy Spirit. That's where I'm trying to get to. That's the message. That's a whole thing. The Holy Spirit makes you better. Right? Amen? Makes you stronger. It makes you look smart when you're not. I know. Amen. I, it's happened to me a bunch of times. But, what I'm, but the point I'm trying to make is, if the Holy Spirit deals with this that way, why shouldn't we? The Holy Spirit comes to you to convict, to make you better. To comfort you, to make you better. Everything the Holy Spirit does is to make you a better Christian. We have to be that to somebody. We have to have those other people in our lives doing that as well. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet.